there we go from John McLaughlin and Carlos Santana, A Little Taste of Love, Devotion, and Surrender. Uh, an amazing album and really a quote of John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. If you listen to that very closely, you'd hear A Love Supreme, A Love Supreme, A Love Supreme. Uh, one of those wonderful mantras that you can just say and say and say, my friends. Welcome once again to Poets of the East, a production of Progressive News Network. I'm your host and producer, Rick Spizak. Unfortunately, our good friend, uh, Mercia Danduta, uh, can't be with us today. He's uh, in an undisclosed location where the internet connectivity is, let's say, uh, just the other side of tin cans. So he won't be able to be with us, but that's all right. We have some amazing artists that have been interviewed, some some poets of extraordinary talent. We have uh, Misna Shanu, uh, an amazing uh, poet from India. We have Bronislava Volkova, uh, a wonderful poet from the Czech Republic. And Rini Valentina from Indonesia. Each one a unique and powerful poet with subtlety, with wonderful language. And in addition to that, in addition to that, we are also bringing on, uh, in about an hour, uh, a wonderful poet from San Francisco named Rorschach. Uh, If you've heard his work, you know it's amazing. But uh, we're going to try some technical difficulties, so we'll see what happens. Uh, We also may be joined by another poet, um, but we'll talk about that in a little while. So first, let me go to uh, these three amazing poets. Uh, And we will, as always... Uh, talk to them a little bit, find out a little bit about them, and then we'll dig in and hear some of that amazing, amazing poetry. So here we go. This again is uh, Bronislava Volkova, Mizna Shanu, and Rini Valentina. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Poets of the East, Misha Danduta and myself, I want to welcome these three charming authors, poets, to Poets of the East. Mizna Shanu of India, Branislava Volkava of the Czech Republic, and Rini Valentina of Indonesia. Branislava, let me speak to you first. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started writing? Oh, when I was a child, maybe nine years old, and uh, I I did write for about ten years, and then then I interrupted it completely when I was about eighteen, and I became a serious scientist scholar. Oh, that's intriguing. Well, what did you study? Linguistics. Linguistics is such an interesting aspect of inquiry. Communications is difficult. And it must have been intriguing to study it. 
at that time when I was about 18 and I started my studies, I developed uh, a type of scorn for literary scholarship and that sort of thing, you know. And it was, of, of course, partially connected with the fact that I was living in communism and uh, literary scholarship and literature was something not very <laughs> uh, worthwhile, so to speak. Bronislava, can you talk a little bit about the area of inquiry you're engaged in? Well, I have actually had a very passionate interest uh, from very early on, and that was uh, um, in the theory of emotive language. So I have developed a, a new theory of um, how emotions and feelings are being communicated on various levels of language, and um, yeah, and basically the theory uh, it was connected with semiotics and all that. What is an emotive sign and and what is an emotive meaning? And because it's not at all simple. Yeah, I've pursued it for at least ten years or more and written a couple of books about it. Did my doctoral dissertation, you know, on that topic, and then and then uh, made it into a book later on, another book. I've always been intrigued how language evolves both in a regional sense and in a historic sense. Has that been an area of your focus at all? Well, um, I have actually not uh, been specializing in historical linguistics, but more in the so-called synchronic. That means I was more interested in the system, the structure, uh, than the history at that time. And as far as emotivity, well, maybe there's some bit of interesting uh, thing that in, in language, motive, motive content that changed much faster than any other and also the the ways that they are expressed they they, they get stale real fast maybe something that was ten years ago will no longer be perceived as such they're just anything i imagine i imagine that any writer under the communist regime would have felt so constrained that I can completely understand why you turn to a scientific analysis of language, of communication, because the creative outlets were locked off, and you couldn't really explore your creativity, so you turn to analyzing language. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, this was just, uh, you know, I was studying like an exact science, so they really couldn't really, I mean, it had nothing to do with politics. Probably partially why I chose it subconsciously. As you transition through your academic phase, I imagine that slowly poetry began to creep back in? No, well, you know, I have uh, been experimenting uh, with various things, but um, but I was always predominantly doing poetry, because when I, when I was young, I was uh, reading Chekhov, for example, right, uh, the stories of Chekhov, then and there I said, wait a minute, not quite up to this, 
Czechoslovakia, right? Yes. Czechoslovakia. At that time, uh, it was Czechoslovakia. So were you traveling or in Europe, maybe Britain? No, no, no. I lived uh, actually over 40 years in the U.S. 42 years. <laughs> and, and I have just recently come back to Czech Republic. I'm in Prague. I'm in Prague. My family is uh, Slovak on both sides. Oh. My daughter took a semester at uh, St. Charles University in Prague and uh, really enjoyed it and felt so very much at home. She said that uh, it reminded her so much of my family. And she said, instead of uh, her coming home, that we should all come over there. And I can certainly understand it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it's very hard to put aside, yeah. <laughs> I left in 1974. Well, what was it like there at that time? Um, what can you tell us? Well, it crumbled. It, it crumbled. It crumbled basically. You couldn't quite feel it in '69, but any time after '69, you know, it just the 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 uh, uh, there was this this ease, a little bit of that easing of of the of the uh, uh, of of the totalitarianism in the '68, but um, but. Um, 69, you could still, like I, I, I could still get my doctorate at 69. But, but in 70, 74, I, I was a non-person, period. It's like within a within couple of years, everything, all the books were thrown into, in, into trash, and you couldn't be mentioned, and um, it was just, 74 was always very bad, yeah. Now, if we could, let's hear from you, Ms. Nasanu. Go ahead. Yes, my uh, full name is Tangjam Misna Chenu, uh, but I use only Misna Chenu for, as a pen name. Uh, so I belong to Manipuri family of uh, India. Uh, as man, uh, many of you know that India has, is a rich, in uh, low, uh, India has more, more community uh, people speaking more languages, Manipuri is one of them. Uh, and I started writing since my childhood, I don't remember uh, since when exactly, uh, but uh, my first poem published when I was 14 years old. 
uh, in one of the local magazine of uh, my hometown. So. <laughs> Ms. Nip, could you talk about your early years? Uh, when did you start writing? Uh, yeah, after marriage only, uh, uh, a seven or eight years ago. <laughs> because in between, uh, uh, in between, I stopped writing. Meanwhile, I because I because of the study, uh, a lot of pressure for study. I did my post graduation post graduation in botany, so I studied science, and that is totally different from the writing and all this. So I stopped writing. <laughs> Misna, obviously you you're a very experienced uh, performing poet now. Uh, when did you start uh, openly doing poetry? Uh, when did you start performing some of your writings? Uh, last, uh, I started last year uh, since this corona outbreak uh, because before that people are not so much uh, uh, doing this online or virtual events. So they are doing only physical events uh, and I cannot go and participate everywhere. Uh, because I have two kids at home, so I am a mother. <laughs> yeah, I have a mother of two kids, so I have to look after my kids and <laughs> my family also. <laughs> so only last 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 year after the corona outbreak, uh, I started uh, my first meeting on October or November 2020. I think I'm not sure exact October or November. Most probably October or November. Uh, that was my first time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Rini Valentina, a writer from Indonesia. Welcome, Rini. When did you start writing? I started writing in the last in the last 2017. That yeah. Then I huh? Rini, if you would. Tell us a little something about about your writing. What what do you are some of the topics you write about? You mean I write something just like a poem? Yeah, yeah. I start writing a poem when I was young, but I never serious with my talent, and uh, I begin serious when I. I'm almost uh, four, uh, 45 years old until now, and uh, about uh, three years I have been uh, published uh, almost 30 books until now. Yes, and thank you. <laughs> uh, 30, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, now I have been published uh, 10 anthologies, international anthologies in uh, Spanish and English, also in Indonesia. So where exactly do you live? Now, I'm, I'm living in Indonesia, and Yogyakarta, yeah. No, no. No Jakarta, Jakarta, a part of, yeah, a part of Indonesia, yeah. 
Well, I think it's about time for some poetry. So how about if we start with Bronislava? Bronislava, should read us some of your work? All right. I, uh, I'm going to read a few poems from a book that I am uh, getting ready to publish, which is called um, Where Everyone Leaves and doesn't back. Dawn spreads its transparency in my solitude. My heart gently for life-giving rays. The morning is pure and open its prayer for the new day. The mystery of twilight, far away, prepares to nudge me into another realm, into a night of ecstasy. That was lovely. Thank you. It was called uh, Dawn Spreads Its Transparent Fingers. Well, really very beautiful. Thank you. Please, go ahead. Read another. Yeah, I can read some short ones that are easier to, for hearing. Bronislava, don't feel constrained. Read, read, my friend. <laughs> okay. Human love sails forth, flickers out. Passes away. Animals faithfully stay, that leave one by one. Stars seem to forever radiate light, calm, benevolent. Every day we collect our strength for the new day, full of effort and hard work. Without great hope, we labor through being. At night, escaping into different worlds in which we wouldn't actually like to live. It refers like the, the television and stuff like that. I love the quiet. There are not many who know how to sound better than the quiet, how to rejoice, how to stitch scars, how to heal the wounds. Okay. Sure. I'll be happy to. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, the forest sang a gentle song of wakefulness and dreaming and the bush hid its flame and longing for the next star in the bright sky. Today, I no longer feel the breath of past, greetings and hopes for the spring, and gentle caresses for the autumn heaviness of leaves and snowing mountain paths. Passion 
has spilled. It has grown parched without resin. Birds drip from the boxes opening and sometimes choke them. Over from them, no longer yearning for summer's intoxication. Old age is sound note, solitude of walls and everyday steps. We no longer know where they lead and why. Only lightly caressed by the wind, they huddle in the air. No one knows, no one penetrates. In the silence. How about one more, Bronislava? Give us one more of your poems. Thank you. All right. All right. I have arrived. This is my home. This is where I weed my mind of eggshells. Here is where I sit in my core, all naked, all my own, all peace, all seed, all journey, motionless, there to be now and everywhere. I'm one with everyone. Into an, into an embrace. You're welcome. Yes. Next, we'll have Miznu Chanu. Please, read some of your work. Uh, no, I, I'd love to <laughs> read. Uh, uh, I'd, like to, I'd love to read the poetry from my first published book, uh, A Little Piece of Melancholic Sky, and uh, I'm going to read the title poem first. A Little Piece of Melancholic Sky A little piece of melancholic sky This is all I have in this evening of life. The darling sun is resting too in the arms of scarlet sky of the west, leaving me alone in the east with the longing of a dawn that I'm not certain of. The majesty of the night with her cloak full of stars wearing the veil of mystery is approaching her arms. But I see a mother, a sister, and a friend from a time immemorial. She asks me nothing, but her eyes, as bright as the full moon, are looking into my soul. I do not know what she finds, but I'm certain of her love and glory that makes a nightingale sing such melodious song and a poet write his euphonious ode. And I, in the middle of my melancholic sky, find my moon and my stars and a place to dream and dance with the fire and the flame that the queen of night has added more. That's, okay. That's all the first 
but to whom is the question arise again to them or to me not yet defined perhaps those are the questions i ask often to myself like most of the fools pulling themselves in the eyes of social norm maybe i already know the answers but what i didn't know is the valueless value of the world all accepted as commons from the heaven or hell they even cannot distinguish well denying the different ones no matter how real or authentic they are in themselves in order to look alike no matter what masks they are wearing today or tonight similar ones always have the king and the queen in the game of life how do i not die while living becomes the combat i must fight to that though i wish if that is the only end but alas i know it's not thank you very much <laughs> this is the uh, <laughs> thank you very much that was lovely oh my goodness absolutely wonderful <laughs> thank you they were one more uh the title is i see love i see love like a dawn holding hope in her in her arms ready to reveal the secret of her smile then like an always coming inevitably i see love like a rising sun bright and invincible with pride and determined then like a day daylight lightening every corners of her i see love like a gentle breeze of morning and like a tender drop of dew then wild and untamed i see love like a moonlight and a soothing music caressing the every beat of life i see love like an old classic song full of never ending melody and like a sufi song bringing us to where we belong and sometimes like a solo song in solitude then i see love fighting like a warrior of light yet yearning like a broken one then like a longing and melancholy that never ends but i see love sometimes fading in their hearts too and dying a slow death in their eyes Oh, those were beautiful poems. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. Thank you. Well, next up we've got, I think it's Rini. Is that how you pronounce your name? Rini. Rini. <laughs> yes. Rini, would you like to read some poems for us now? Uh, I have I have prepared for my poems. Uh Okay, well, the first poem, the title is Black. Black. Black, not the color of sadness, which often disturbs the sense of loss. Black, 
just an ordinary color that picks off a span of time. We'll sing silent home, crying goodbye, morning longing for the past ever together, and at our lowest point, leave a scar. The pen took it spread from the old world, then black, drowned, facing the era without love one. Okay, the second poem. Thank you, thank you. The second poem. The title is Dry Branches and Waves. Above the sand and the water's edge Stop in the force push of the tide on the beach. Reluctant to be named. He said, it's secret. A bunch of rice force swing, force saying words. Actually, wanted to write a dream summary. Swimming, challenging the waves under the blue sky to accompany fishermen. Swimming towards himself because of the long dry season that caused the dry force. Swimming, looking for peace. A word that used to be as cheap as a smile from a fisherman's child when the tip of the ship's flag waved its way to the shore. This was a sign that when night falls, his father will slept beside him, bringing stories so that the eyes no longer hesitate to fly as high as the wave, bringing many kinds of fish. Fulfilled his dream by buying a basket of toys, like the children of the dignitaries. In the blink of an eye, what was asked of his father and mother was granted, like magic in a traditional market. The dry twigs that were cramped, injured, fell along, staring at millions of waves that were repeated. He said, the sorrowful, cruel wind that carried the waves had worn him out on black branches, dry, no longer beautiful to look at. Even his screams were always defeated, swallowed by the historical wave. He has no idea. When was the waves bored? He did not know when the black sand is completely dry without water. The old pine branch was getting old. When the dark side of humans forgot him, staring at him only as disappointed led them to sit under the ever-suffering pain tree trunk. Even their fingers were heartless in such a new one, though that pain still tickling like a thorn and dry spruce twigs, just crying silently while staring at the silent wave. That was wonderful. Thank you so much.
Thank you. My third poem. The sailor was my mother's lover. The fragrant sound of the wave pulled over greeted the sand, squirming, and a mouse asked to the ripples, Who was he? Reluctant to string the answers, the waves went slowly. The body was left behind, silent, still accompanied by the remnants of the ship's broken black wood last night. The fat sailor silent on black sand. He was my mother's lover, lied on stiff, bursted into tears, mom, embraced the remaining bit of taste in the soul. Yeah, it is a very, very sad poem. I think it's very sad poem. Okay, the last, yeah? The last, the last poem. Um, Can you give us one more, perhaps? The title is um, Heart Cling. Heart Cling, okay? Your longing screams carrying the silent thoughts that I have hidden. Your love song flicking the desire to embrace your lips that often swing rainbows rainbows at the dark. Then my soul asks, why fall in love? While the pupil of my eyes is far from yours, even though your skin never laments my steps, which often feel lonely. But I fall in love. Then I let the night arrange my dreams. I just let the moon argue with the stars, judging the love that grips the soul. Stop up my own fuses, because your love has ruined my calm, wrapped my finger, to paint a poetry immediately, inviting my tongue to sing sad song, because the sky still separates my dream to have you in my arms. That's all. Thank you. Oh, how wonderful. Those were marvelous. Thank you so much, Rini. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was our first segment with the three beautiful poets being introduced. And now I have a very special pleasure. I would like to bring on Miss Leslie Constable. Leslie, welcome. Hello, everyone. Leslie has agreed to join me here today, and I especially was happy she could join us because I think she has some interesting insights to poetry. Leslie, any thoughts on the poems we've just heard? Well, it's, for me, I, I love the title of it, The Three Faces of the Poetess. Um, and as I was listening, uh, there is um, an intertwining thread that weaves through um, each of the poetesses' work. And um, one, just just on the face of it, it's just melodic, just beautiful. And then the, wonder, the wonderful journey, like the soaring and, and uh, very spiritual aspects to, to all of them. There, there's 
uh, a philosophical sense that's going on, um, uh, pondering of the larger questions and absolute lyricism too. And um, one thing I really appreciated that I noted was that there just seemed to be embedded in the words um, just hidden, hidden nuggets, hidden mysteries, um, and then that explore um, yeah, the mysteries of nature and, and the nature of life and beautiful interweaving of, of them. Um, I was really happy to, to hear the poems. It, it made my heart glad. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. You know, another interesting thing is that we have threads of culture that are so different, and yet the human experience is so, so much the same for us. Now, here we have Bronislava from Eastern Europe, who spent some time in America. We have Misnu uh, from India. Uh, what a great, amazing melting pot that is. And then, I mean, the ultimate melting pot, the Indonesian islands with Rini. Uh, what an amazing divergence of geography and, and, and yet that amazing uh, intrinsic nature of the human experience. And probably, yeah. I think, the women's poetic experience as well. Absolutely. Just a wonderful fusion and synchronicity and, and uh, like weaving into to like the global, you know, support connection regarding poetry and, and the connection. So it was lovely. And I love your comments, Rick. Absolutely true. It's uh, geographically diverse, culturally diverse, yet all these wonderful just human themes, wonder and, and you know, pondering. Oh, it's just, just lovely. Wonderful. Well. Are you ready to hear part two of this, these amazing three women? I sure am. Okay, here we go. So, Rini, let me ask, uh, do you write in English and Spanish? I, I write in Indonesian, also Spanish, and English, and three languages. Wow. Rini, we have a tradition here on... Uh, Poets of the East, we often ask our poets to read some of their work in their native language. Uh, mm -hmm. You're certainly welcome to do that. In fact, if, if you have one handy, I'd love to have you read one in Indonesian. In Indonesia, my poem? Oh. Okay. I will search my poem first, okay? Wait. Um, yeah. Uh, I always write my poem in my Facebook and also in Instagram. But wait, wait a minute. Uh, okay. The title is Black. I translate into Indonesian, ya. Yeah? Hitam. Hitam bukan warna kesedihan yang sering mengusik rasa kehilangan. Hitam hanya sebuah warna biasan yang berbicara tentang rentang waktu akan bernyanyi menyenandungkan lagu sepi menangisi perpisahan melenguh merindukan masa lalu pernah bersama dan di titik nadir kita 
tinggalkan sebingkai luka. Sakit itu telah merebutnya, memisahkan dengan dunia rentak. Lalu hitam, menenggelamkan, menghadapi era tanpa orang-orang tercinta. That's all. Nice. And Spanish? Wow. Wait. Yes. Wait, wait. I search my phone. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Uh, okay. My poem is Tito, uh, Titulo, uh, Cansado. Cansado. Tire. Okay. Yeah. Cansado. Kompleser la herida. Dolor en rodaja. Riendo del dolor. Acusado ipo tente. Por labios cuese utilizan para alabar carinosamente. Cansado. Aranando la extensión de la sabana del alma. Hai una sensación de despertar. Angwe a veces no quiero saber si asumio fue todo sehabio aido. Dejakwe el alma mire pijamente el sentimiento de soledad. Yekansado sere el diario. No en los pasos de las pollas. Porque la sabana angela ser Isopodiado. Todavía angelando ser disfrutado. Aunque el alma este en tu mesida. Gracias. Bronislava, could you read us another one? Thank you. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. It, you know, my my window closes when I open my text for some reason. It <laughs> jumps away, but that's okay. Um, so, if you grab the window and push it down or minimize it, you can then get access to the poetry behind it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so I will read then uh, a few po a few more poems in English, and I actually predominantly write in Czech, and I also translate. I also translate myself. <laughs> I'll have to find one. Um, Quiet witness. This is from a little dog Punchi who died uh, last year. Quiet. My voiceless witness has left without warning, without lament. All at once his strength failed him and he was silent without explanation to the inevitable course of events. He will still accompany me daily for some time to come as if he were here. And then, less and less, until it becomes difficult to be by a thought, if I 
And all will be stillness without witness, gold. There's some some noise somewhere. In yeah. A new verse. Everybody is taking a new verse, friend. Who's already here and stepped the cup. But it is so sweet when someone really asks for it. As if it were really important. As if it were necessary to write and to express oneself without cessation. Yet it isn't. It is not fashionable to be silent. We are su supposed to be louder, or at least as loud as everyone else in that shouting. We are supposed to come up with a new thought, a witty turn of phrase, or an interesting state of mind or image. Show our energy and rest in the world. And then, in the second phase, some to publish it, print it, use it, translate it, or enthusiastically and evaluate it as better than somebody else's. My verse is reticent. It wants to stop short and not to be heard. It wants to hide and live in silence. It wants to rejoice for no reason and without reward. It wants to drink from a well in the woods where there is no one who would evaluate it, re-evaluate it, celebrate it, condemn it, throw it away, undervalue it, or simply leave it unvisited. My verse is a line praying to the side without companions, who would spin, up, spin it up with their alternative footwork. Yes, yes, Could you read one more, possibly? Okay. A little one here. To be caught up in a briar patch can suddenly become a flight into heaven. Sorrow can easily transform itself into the miracle of joy into a flash of revelation. Find one in chat. Jitro rozpiluje své průhledné prsty, co se zleska otevírá své okvětní lístky životodárnému dešti. Ráno je čisté, otevřené, modlitbě za nový den. Pánský soubraci, Daleka vystá se postekovat mě do jiné výše, do noci extáze. OK. In check. Lásko má, už tě nepoznávám. Tolikrát si proměnila svou tvář, svůj způsob i krok, dotek i hlas. Jsi stále vrtavá a proměnlivá. Zde, pryč. 
Paměť se naříká, že tě sotva zná, že odcházíš dřív, než se tě stačí zapsat do svých análů a hned už zase musí pracovat na jiné tváři, jiném doteku, jiném zápření. Počinut ne a ne zasáhnout. Proto je lépe zapsenout a jít. I'm sorry, there was a little bit of noise there. Everybody, make sure that you've got your mics muted. Okay, thank you so much. Go ahead. Okay, so I'll read this one again. Lásko má, už tě, nepo... Lásko má, už tě nepoznávám. Tolikrát si proměnila svou tvář, svůj způsob i krok, dotek i hlas. Jsi stále brtkavá a proměnlivá. Tu zde, tu pryč. Paměť si naříká, že tě sofa zná. Že odkážíš dřív, než se tě stačí zapsat do svých Hned už zase musíš pracovat na jiné tváři, na jiném doteku, jiném zápas. There is some, there is some sound, there is some radio or some. Jen spočinutí ne a ne zasáhnout. Proto je lépe zapomenout a jít cestou do neznáma, sám, bez holy, otevřen do kořán. Ah, um, my love, I no longer recognize you. Here we go, round two. If I can ask you um, to read us another poem, Miznu Shanu, thank you. If you have one handy, please let us know. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir, I, uh, I will read in my uh, mother tongue, that is Manipurish. Uh, the same poem, uh, yeah, the same poem I read, the a little poem, uh, sorry, I'll, the little piece of melancholy sky, and I'll read the Manipuri version for the first poem I read here. Naitum Tarava Atiyagi Machet Ama. Naitum Tarava Atiyagi Machet Ama. Asitani Aigini Haiba Iral. Nasigi Punsigi Numidang Wairam Sida. Aigi Chana Bakoro Hanbasu Potari. Nomchukki Nangranaba Atiyagi Matada. Hado piram laga aibo nong poklonda ito mata. Lakani hai bagi arie pakhangriba ayuk amagi ikaw lang bagaloy na na. Ahing laymana thati thawan michak na lektering laba. Tijol set na duna. Angak pa paukon na inapi illa duna. Makut tintorakhi taram na. Adubo ay na uki ima oy na. Ike oy na. Amukasu, Jahikaya, Degi, Kangarakpa, Marup Oinasu. Mahapna Karisu Hankide, Aiki Pamdegi. Adubu, Purnimagitade Gumna, Langnangaliba, Magi Mitsnatambalna, Aiki Tawaita, Miting Tabiramli. Aidi Kankide, Mahapna Karibu Ukide. Adubu Asimadi Ariapani, Mahakinung Shiva, Amashum, Matik Magulne. Koi ningkek labusu, koi tum naraba isai shakaliba, aduga tabishin busu, sumat ningai oirama seishak ihan biriba. Aduga aina aiki naitum taraba atiagi mayaida, tingarui aiki taja, tawan michaku. Mang mang bagi, jagoi kutik tambagi, lamdam ama. Ahim laimana, hapiramba, maira, amati, mairi galuinana. That's all for the first one. Thank you very much. Shall I have to read another in English or in my mother tongue? <laughs> okay. 
just a minute i have to search my poetry book the second poetry book i did it is in bilingual makhon thok traba ai ki isai means a soundless song in english the my my soundless song makhon thok traba ai ki isai hangli ai na toina ai ki thamoi da satli baranang di naitom natom ta ai thamoi nangi isai makhon thok traba surada toina ngangli do naitom natuminna kanana butabi ni kanabu khangbini maike khuding mafam khuding lau bakan badabu tabiriba malim le mai thaksida mishat nai ba mi ki kanna hon ba shor phaw ba isei kumna khangnari ba taibang pansida naitom natom nganglaga naitom natom taraga karibu kanariba ai gi thamoi na khumlakhe cheklana paibada atiyagi ayaba lode Lairang na saat pada likulgi ayabat hide, lainam sinbat hunghan naba saat panatte lairang do. Malang mana humbana lainam sinbat hunghan bani. Ayi isai makon thok trabasu, thamui gi maroldi, thamui tena khang bangam gani. Hai reka mamon noki thamui do. That's all. That was very nice, very melodic. Thank you. Would you like to read one more? Yeah, just a small one. Kaya de fazeito nung siva hayse. How beautiful is the love that means. Kaya de fazeito nung siva hayse. Kari kuma mata sunide na pamdagi nang bunung sidabagi ayaba phaw bunin nikide. Asum nung sikhi. Kaya de fazeito nung siva hayse. Karigumba Matasu Pam Kire Napamdagi Nangi Pukinda Lai Bakki Lai Pam Pawa Adubu Nungshikido Lapna Asum Nangu Kayada Fazido Nungshiva Haibase Pitopakak the Kangbase Madugi Mahutta Tamkide Karigumba Asa Amatasu Kayada Fazido Nungshiva Haibase Nungshiva the Namkhele Trava Shall I read the English version of this one? How beautiful is the love? How beautiful is the love that asks from you nothing, not even your permission to love you, but simply love you. How beautiful is the love that doesn't demand anything from you, not even your attention but adores you from the distance. How beautiful is the love that knows only to give without expecting anything in return. How beautiful is the love that knows no limit to love in love. Thank you very much. Well, that was delightful. Thank you. Rini, would you like to read one or two more? Oh, yes. Okay, well, I have I have many poems, but only oh okay. I will read my my new poem. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yes, wait. 
Actually, uh, beside writing poem, I love writing short story. My poem in Indonesia, ya. Yeah? The title is um, Dreams in May. The Dreams in May. But I read in Indonesia. Ya. Yeah? Oke. Okay. Oke. Okay. Mimpi di bulan Mei. Pagi itu ku bawa cangkul. Ada hasrat menancap puluhan batang singkong. Di pematang sawah warisan tujuh turunan. Diselingi tanaman cabai keriting, ditingkahi pohon ubi yang warna ungu kata ibu. Kelak jika saatnya meraup panenan, harganya semanis emas, dapat ditukar dengan beras. Persiapan masa paceklik, agar mulut masih bisa mengunyah. Walau berlauk ikan hasil tangkapan di galangan irigasi, mungkin ikan nila yang nyasar. Atau lele yang lupa jalan pulang. Tak apalah. Kita syukuri saja. That's all. Okay. I will... Uh... Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Much appreciated. Okay, wait ya. Okay. <laughs> yes. The signal is very bad here. I can open my file. This is maybe my last poem ya. Okay. The title is The Drum of Longing Song on My Fingers. My fingers cry to write a poem for you. My eyes laugh painfully to realize that your shadow death. I was feel just like a flower in dry season. I was completely shattered by your smile who was standing eternally to watch my witness. I died in animated body, couldn't say anything. When the night runs lonely, like a pirate around in the jungle, I cried silently. My fingers fearfully called out her name. I mean, his name. My soul was cracked into several pieces of colors of your name, beat the rainbow at the dust. I miss your face, which was used set on the clouds under my feet. I miss you. I really miss your anger when you were with me. I wrote my longing that tormented my eyes, looking for you, looking for your shadow among my ten fingers. I sang the moans of the fireflies in the day. I think... Um, As a young fruit, uh, should they should uh, try and try to read, uh, no, no, write to 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 write their opinion. Uh, they can um, read about um, human feeling, uh, social culture, etc. Uh, by poem, you know. Uh, Boom can make uh, people uh, make um. Uh, Bronislava, I'd like to ask you a question. What insights might you offer a young poet at the beginning of their career when they ask, uh, is it worth it? Should I do this? 
Is my writing good enough? What would you say? I'd say it's really not about what's worth or not. You may never know. <laughs> but uh, just do what you enjoy doing and uh, try not to worry about um, whether you are, you know, um, considered poet or not. You will kind of feel it sooner or later. And, and, if, and if you're not a poet, you will simply drop it by itself because you just won't enjoy it enough. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Ms. Nu, what do you say when uh, asked by a young poet, should I do this? Is it worth it? Is my work good enough? What do you think? What would you say? Uh, the first thing is, uh, being a poet is not a profession, as Robert Cross says. Uh, it's a condition. So I would say, uh, <laughs> if your heart talks to you, then you write up. Uh, if your heart is silent, then you should not be a poet. <laughs> that but is what know, I do. But uh, not pardon? everybody, you know, when their heart is talking to them, not everybody feels like they have to write. Yeah, that's the thing. But uh, I think poetry, uh, writing poetry is not a passion for me. It's like a call. And and I listen to that call. Uh, I uh, No doubt that I avoided many years. <laughs> and I study this and that and all the field. I work here and there. But at last, I have to listen to my call. And for me, it's not, a, not only passion. And when I listen to that call, I write in the form of poetry. So I tell him or her, so whatever your heart feels, and you write up, and don't worry about the which, in which language you are writing or um, grammar or anything. And there will be people who can you know, edit your grammar. <laughs> Thank you so much. Your insight is much appreciated. Rini, what do you think? What advice do you have for young poets? Uh, no, not but I am just like, I cannot write if, if uh, someone gives me theme or say to write. I write when, when I feel like to write. Even I run right. from the summer sometimes to write up. And I find, when I didn't find anything, I took my daughter's notebook and write it up. I'm just like that. While cooking even, I start writing. I, I left the uh, stove and I start writing. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll forget what I want to write. And do you write when uh, the spirit hits you? Do you write every day? Um, when when do you write? My hobby, my hobby is writing. So... When I have idea in my brain, sometimes I uh, write directly, and sometimes I keep in my mind. Then after I have time, I read all. And yeah, you're welcome. I want to thank you all for joining me. It's been marvelous listening to you, hearing your thoughts, 
listening to your poetry, uh, whether in English in your own or in your own language. Uh, it has been a delight. Thank you so very much. Thank you, one and all. Thank you. 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 Uh, it's, it's really it's really nice to be here in this evening and meet my sister Rini and my uh, respected poet. Uh, I I can't see the name. Uh, how how it? Okay. Oh yeah. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was some really amazing poetry from three women from across the globe. Leslie, what were your thoughts on, on this amazing conclusion to these three women? Um, it, very inspiring. And uh, I really appreciated the questions that you asked, Rick, um, on what would each of the poets tell a young aspiring poet. There was, there was a lot of things I learned. Um, I liked... Um, I forget who said this because I was just, just in the, the mode of listening. If your heart is silent, you should not be a poet. Which one of you said that? That was wonderful. That was Miznu. Yeah. Yeah. Love and, and just just wise words, um, heartfelt words. And um, I also am always interested where the poem comes from and inspiration. So, it was a real treat to, to hear that uh, the poem would would come. I think it was was Rini along with with the cooking. <laughs> that was very well, delightful. I, I'm I'm not going to uh, let this moment go by without saying you speak as a very superb and talented poet yourself. So she's she's giving you some wisdom right from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Let me do one more amazing thing. You know, this has been a, a tremendous yeah. show already. And yet we have one more surprise for you, ladies and gentlemen, from the lovely San Francisco city. We are bringing you Rorschach. Rorschach, welcome, sir. Hi, hi there. Can you hear me? We yeah. can hear you fine, sir. Oh, I, I do want excellent. to mention... We have Leslie Constable with us as well, and we both Hello, have Leslie. Some... Hi, Roy Shack. Really good hearing you. <laughs> it's good hearing you, too. We're, we have, I know we're, we're going to double you team you, buddy. That's cool. We're both, both going to ask you some questions, and I, and I tell you what, none of them will draw blood. <laughs> oh, okay. So my first question that I'd love to ask my poets is, when did you first start writing? And the second part of that, it's a two-part question. When did you know you didn't have a choice? When did you know that, by gum, you were going to be a writer? Talk a little bit about the young Rorschach. Gotcha, yeah. Um, I, I can answer that fairly precisely. Uh, I uh, knew that I was a poet 
When I was uh, 15, that's when I made that career choice. Uh-huh. And, uh, no, uh, <laughs> I, I had some, uh, I had a lot of adjustments to, uh, to, uh, make as I, uh, came up against the realities of being a poet. And, um, and I did not take a, uh, the, uh, academic path that many poets mm-hmm. do. Uh, so, uh, I lived my life. I worked many jobs and, you know, learned many things and raised a family. And all that time I was a poet and I would, you know, read occasionally, uh, publish poems on occasion and sort of, it sort of was in the background of the rest of my life that was going on. And then 2020 happened and the pandemic pandemic hit and we were isolated and the silver lining turned out to be the, uh, the online poetry renaissance since about March, 2020. Yeah. And that has been, uh, that's worked out pretty well for me. And I've, I've met both of you, uh, Rick and Leslie and dozens uh-huh. of other poets around the, uh, around the world. And that is very gratifying and also have an opportunity to present my work. Now, let me ask you one of my other favorite questions. Uh, no one can say the most, but let me ask you what, especially when you were younger, what poets impressed you? What poets were gatekeepers and, and opened up new worlds to you? Can, can you think of one or two poets that, were that kind of, uh, I'm going to yeah. say, I like to say gatekeepers. I really do, because was, that was that way for me. So who were some of the poets that impressed you when you were a young man? Yeah, and uh, so to just to uh, follow up on that, I'm basically on the same page, the same path now as I was when I started out. Uh, it's the same poets that are I'm interested in particularly uh, currently as back then. I'm still informed and following these poets. And the, the eras that most interest me are the, and especially right now, since it's 100 years ago, are the early modern era, uh, the images, and then the moderns. So uh, a poet like uh, Ezra Pound is very important mm-hmm. to me. Uh, and then going back to their predecessors, Whitman, of course, yeah. Um, and then also the uh, the Beats have had a big influence, and I use that broadly. So poets like Ginsberg and Ferlinghetti, uh, mm-hmm. Gary Snyder, Michael McClure, Philip Can, can I tell you something funny about the Howell poem? Sure. You know, it was such a scandal at the time. Um, yeah. I actually got paid once. To recite Howell, there was a, a fundraising event for a library, and I, you know, of course, I, I would so have saluted that just hands down. I'm I'm a huge fan of libraries; they're temples yes. to me. But I, I me was too. actually hired to do some marketing for a marketing company uh, to do some web work and some graphics, some animation and stuff. In the middle of the prep for this big library fundraiser. The producer turns to me and says, Rick, listen, you know what would be perfect for this? And I went, 
no, I have no idea what in your mind would be perfect to support a, a library event. She said, you know, if we could have some protest signs, where the heck would we get some protest signs? And I said, protest signs? I got the covered. They're in my trunk. She goes, really? What were they for? And I said, they were for a real protest. They're actual protest signs used by protesters. And she goes, oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's Can we rent them from you? I said, listen, you're doing a library event. You, you can use them. And she hired actors and actresses and bought wigs for the men so that they could do a fake protest. (laughs) As I was handing out the signs, uh, they're looking at these, they go, wow, these really look authentic. And I said, yeah, well, they were used right down the street at a war protest. So yeah, yeah, they're they're authentic, right? The other thing that was funny was, okay, I mean, it's one thing to to provide the the signs for a fake protest. That That was interesting. But she also had turned to me at that same time and said, well, listen, now we solved that problem. She said, you know what would be neat if we had some beatniks? Well, anybody who actually knows anything about beat knows that beatniks and hippies were really two different eras completely. Mm-hmm. She goes, you know what would be really cool? If we could have, like, some beatniks dressed up with, like, berets and stuff and, like, all in black, and they can, like, recite poetry at the event. And I said, okay, I'll do that. that I, that's, I'll find, that's fine. I'll. She goes, I said, well, do you care what poetry I recite. She goes, oh, no, anything. So, <laughs> and I recited Howl about 12 times. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. That's yeah. one. And, uh, Rick, back. I'm not surprised to hear that your trunk of your car was full of protest signs from actual <laughs> protests. How, how would you guess that? Well, listen, I don't know. Me. <laughs> let, me, let me ask my colleague, Leslie, I bet you have a couple questions for our friend Rorschach, too. I do. And, Rorschach, one of the things I really appreciate about your poetry, many, many things, is how embedded it is in the now and in politics. And um, also, for me, I'm sort of here and feel and sense San Francisco in your poetry. It, it's got an aboutness um, in it that, uh, yeah. So one, one of the questions that, that I always have for about poetry and for a poet is, um, how, do you, how does it work for you? How do you, what, what is, where do you get your inspiration from? How does that work? Does it come to you whole or yeah, I'll just be quiet because I, I could hear yeah. you want it. <laughs> That's a that is a good question. I don't think there's any pat answer to that question. Yeah. Um and they come they come to me in different by different roads. Mm. And some of them just are there. And uh, and all I have to do is write down the lines. Mm-hmm. And I have I'm sad to say there's many that um, that uh, you know I was too lazy to write down. So some of them would, but maybe sometimes they come back around another time, you know. Uh, but then other ones are like a definite idea, or um, you know a definite idea or an event mm-hmm. or uh, or some situation I'm going through in that present moment. Um, 
And a lot of the poems, that's, I definitely, there's definitely San Francisco and Northern California mm-hmm. is uh, heavy in my work because that's, mm. this is where I live and where I've lived my whole life pretty much. And um, uh, let's see, Marshall. I lost my train. Yeah. Let me, let, me, let me take you in a slightly different direction. Now, some poets are visual. Some yeah. are, I'm going to say, phrase-oriented. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a phrase-oriented largely. You know, I'll get some phrase in my head and go, ah, okay, that's, that's the title or that's the, that's the kicker line or something. Mm-hmm. So it kind of comes to me like that. Now, are, do you think of yourself as a situational, a, a verbal, a picture? How, how, is, is there one of those methods or a, a complex of those that, that work for you? Uh, again, I would say I, maybe I'm more of a generalist. I mean, because I approach different poems in different ways, and uh-huh. some of them are definitely driven by the by the images or by the the visual environment, or you know, reminding people of places or what have you. And some of them are I definitely get more into the uh, structural. You know, language. I mean, I'm always concerned about the language that it's clear and mm. and uh, I don't really work in very often with formal uh, styles of poetry or for you know, uh, and I hardly ever stay in the rules. But I am concerned about uh. in some <laughs> poems. I'm concerned about rhyme and you know, I'm always concerned about the meter and the, right. and the way it sounds. Leslie, do you have another question you want to throw at him? Uh, yeah, it just sort of flitted through my brain, and I'm hoping I can catch it by its tail before it, it disappears. But um, it, it, it was it was burning just two seconds ago, and I'm I'm uh, blanking on it. But, but you know how that well, goes. Do it. Well, let it come to you. Let's get this fellow launched on reciting some of this wonderful oh, stuff. Okay. How about that? Absolutely. Rorschach, buddy. Go. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, well, the first one I'll read kind of uh, talks about that creative process that we were just talking about. This is called Flow Poem. Um. Sunlight on a spring's day. Birds singing, crows calling. Alan plays guitar. I sit here, finally relaxed a bit. I don't really care what happens. I am seeking a picture postcard view of what's going on. But lacking that, we'll settle for sitting on this patio, looking up at the twisting shapes of these trees. I don't really feel like writing about what's going on about what's important because the important thing right now is to just forget everything and be in some Zen state where everything is seen as if for the first time. What thing is this I have caught myself in? I began half-heartedly thinking I was writing a poem. (laughs) Now I am not so sure. This thing seems in a state of flux between poem 
and grocery list <laughs> with here an intriguing image but ever there a meaningless stretch of line but lo the meandering bamble of a rambling journey down the corridors of my half-forgotten dream. Actually, this week, I have taken myself out of service for some much-needed repairs. And thus, I shall not fear that the poems that I write be fueled of a fool for the woodman's fire. But no task ever seemed so cruel as the writing of an overgrown poem or the writing of a poem with nightmare ranges of structure. Yet here and there an image like a gem shining forth in the wreckage of that monstrosity. It is hopeless to hope to reap the benefit of every marble that ever fell into any storm drain. Needles and haystacks and every hot-blooded dream can be swallowed by guppies in summer puddles. E.E. Cummings was as much a poet as anywhere, anywhere. And being here is just one measure of success. There is only time to let it flow. Wow. Very nice. Very, very nice. That absolutely, totally relaxed me. (laughs) Cool. And it's a very nice delivery, too, if I might add. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. I think that, uh, you know, the, um, Mm. you know, I love the uh, performance of uh, poetry. And I kind of stayed away. I mean, I did, like I said, I've done readings over the years, but... uh, Part of it was that I had a schedule for 20 years leading up to this period uh, where I I worked a New York uh, market shift in San Francisco. So I had no nightlife for like 20 years. I didn't go to poetry (laughs) readings or anything like that. Right. But I was always kind of uh, suspicious of things like poetry slams and stuff like that because uh, I really don't like, uh, you know, poetry as a competitive sport, you know. Right, right. And as so, a general, uh, general philosophy, I prefer uh, cooperation to competition. Cooperation, collaboration, absolutely. How about yeah. another, sir? Okay. Uh, let's see here. This one's called... Firebird. From the fire's ashes, the phoenix shall rise again. Phoenix, life, death, and rebirth. Broken hearts around broken fires. Were you once 
a druid. I have seen your eyes dark in the firelight. These trees cast weird shadows. Have you seen the shaman dancing, arms flying? The flames lick about his waist, chanting, chanting, chanting. I've seen your eyes dark in the firelight. The flame bird rises up all at once alive. That which dies can live again. Oh, nice. the stories I can tell about countless descents and reascents, but my memories are clouded. There is a lock upon my mind and shackles on my heart. How I wish that I could burst them and rise up again like a phoenix, all golden and red, bathed in flame. The stars were different then beneath the druid fire. Were you there? Some of that light seems to reflect from your eyes. Could the phoenix leap again out of the fire into the full bloom of memory? Um, nice. Thank you. Yes. Yep. You now love. you're not constrained by time, so feel free to one read one of your longer ones, stretch it out. That's cool. Um, you know, a lot of times we're all under the tyranny of the clock. I hear you. You know, you got your your three or five minutes speak, and that's that. Well, we have the luxury of getting to know these poets a little bit more. So, brother, stretch out. I, uh, I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, it is nice to be able to. Uh, and I appreciate your uh, questions, both of you as well. And uh, the opportunity to, you know, think about these things and speak about them. Here's a, here's a, here's a California poem. The Return to Feather River. Long time we ride up California Highway to Feather River. Two students, one teacher, one poet. We stop and eat at the muffin treat. <laughs> And then continue across the valley, Indian summer, harvest time, watching the tomato trucks roll by. Looking up at the dingy blue sky, crisscrossed with the vapor trails of jets. Another truck with wood slate sides and bright red juicy tomatoes belching black smoke. Tall corn swaying in the wind at the edge of the highway. We begin to climb 
Volkswagen bug laboring up the steep mountain grade. The suddenly blue sky, deep high blue sky, crisp breaths of air, stop by the side by the roadside to stretch arms and legs, walk upon piled granite. Down through Pine Valley, Truckee to Quincy, small bubbling river, late afternoon sun, white and gray cloud, cold wind. Stuart swerves to miss a squirrel, adrenaline rush. Wide, wide, grassy valley, small town, whitewashed houses, chili and coffee at Old Cafe. Stuart and Kevin eat pie, kneel in the car. Outside, a fat highway patrol officer watches us from across the street while he buckles on his gun. Feather River Canyon, cattle grazing, controlled fires burning, evening coming on, gray rock, green trees browning with autumn. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I guess I could read another, huh? Yeah. I've got a real quick question. Sure. Actually, I'm remembering what I wanted to ask, and it is, um, I I might have the answer, but I might not from listening to your work. But do you, once you get the idea, or whatever the impetus for, for the poem is, do you just go with it and you start it and then you just finish it all up in one go or or does it does it vary or do you sometimes what just yes. do, do it in segments or, or parts or or tell me speak to me well leslie it depends yeah, i'm sure <laughs> some, some of them just are right there but uh, and then some of a lot of uh, my work. I mean, I've been doing new work, but a lot of what I'm also doing, I feel I feel like it's alchemy. It's like I've been uh, distilling. I've been going through. I've been cataloging my work, and um, sometimes updating poems. <clears throat> and I think a poem. It's always they're never set in stone. They're always um, available to be updated. Oh. So you go back into them. Sometimes. Wow. That's that's fascinating. And so I'm sure it's just as as the poem talks to you about it, or you know, you have this this conversation with the poem. It's like, what do you think? Is it something like that, or you you just sort of as you're going through things, you just yes, I need to yeah, or I need to yeah. Well, also, I mean, I can. Um... I am able to to stand apart from the poems at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. That was not always the case, 
But mm-hmm. even even a poem, even a poem that I've just written, I'm able to view it sort of outside. So it's sort of the poet and the editor, perhaps. <laughs> you know, so um, and that's very handy, I'll tell you. You know, it's not like oh, I can't change one word. You know, it's, it's like well, maybe I can. You know, maybe maybe this should be updated and it'll be better. You know. Uh, what you what you just described oddly is is um, uh, a theorist I ran into um, during grad school days. Um, his fellow's name was Victor Lowenfeld, and he was a I think a philosophy professor at University of Chicago, and one of the professors I studied with in art theory and history. Um, that was his mentor. I'd sort of heard of him before, but Lowenfeld's an interesting character, and he threw out this whole idea of it, it, his work was in it was in perception, which is really sexy stuff. It's wonderful stuff, and so. Um, he threw out this idea of their different ways of perceiving, and he made it very, very simple in that say, uh, the question he would ask is, when you're dreaming, do you see yourself as an actor on the stage, like projecting, you know, seeing yourself, or you, are you a camera and you're, you're, you're just seeing what you would see out, out of your eyes? Isn't that fascinating? Indeed, and he called it he called it haptic perception. And for the life of me, I don't recall which was what. And it's because people who came after him sort of modified his theory. So if you're ever interested in it, just go to Victor. I think it's Victor with a K. Lowenfeld. But I, I really I, I I like that idea of that sort of multiple uh, point of view. And, and then with you. I, I I almost like I like I said I almost sense that you're you're in a coffee house somewhere in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> At least in a dream. Yeah, you're, you're you're paying attention, and so my question yeah. is, um, what are you guided by visual prompts more than audio, or um, you know ideas or philosophical? Um, or just a mix of things. What, what oh, what's the prompt often for you? I'm guided by my dreams, Leslie. Ah. That would be the that would be the main source probably, and then and my environment. You know mm-hmm. whatever whatever I'm uh, observing from you know from my uh, over my espresso in the coffee house. <laughs> And certainly plenty to observe. Absolutely. Yeah, it's almost like um it's like a big stew pot of dreams. <laughs> Indeed. Well, speaking of a stew pot, or at least pot, um my brother, yeah. I'd like to offer you one of my poems that I do very oh, absolutely. rarely. But it's one that harkens for so many of us the the West Coast consciousness expansion. It's it's my little tribute to marijuana. It's okay. called Medicale Medicinale Marawanta. <laughs> so here we go. And this is this is for you, my brother. Thank you. The first rough joint. Swollen and choking. 
the friendly circle. Friends daring some dear dread danger, sharing a confidence from hand to hand, from lip to sip, even in balance, from hind to mind, caring, careful, measured moments of miraculous Mary's hot breath. Leafy green or dried and dusty brown, bush buds or leaves that jagged reaching, leaves mind sees replaced out open-minded signs, the interruptive stems, the blast berries of brown beetle seeding bombs, flowering buds, golden bowing bundles of bright brain food, rude to break up stodgy drops of thoughts. Leafy powder, pinch to pipe, that first forest time, sitting, friended in the woods, off the road, mere mute minutes from the madness, then the giggles, the gladness came, the raining gales of honest home-baked humor, cage-breaking, bar-bending, balloon bubbles of blue-gray brain-shaking, noise with joys. Did the sleeper awake? What did it take? How gradually, gradually the thoughts on clots, ten, ten turn global grander seas, scenes unveiling prevailing schemes, larger circles concede, indeed the creed replaced with grace. Papers, drapers, wrappers, clappers, brain breaching snappers, saps, sainted sapient seekers, tricking treaters, remove the tile cast masks, sifting on an album book, the look as seeds tumble south. Please plant these striving lives to solid soils embrace. Place bright roots reaching consciousness, uncontaining brain rockets from these short sections of fine leafy selections. Are your papers in order? Are they gummed? Are they favored to match the merry march? Who has papers? Who has the catching march matches? Who can roll the droll tally troll? Mighty merit badges for new ages sages. Killed among the circle's pride, pure brotherhood builder at the ashes compliant complaint. The rituals, the victorious, glorious victuals, find the source, sift the course, separate the weeding seeds of need, and the stem tides the camped ride. Those massed explosive spasm reveal revelry in the deviltry of tiny shirt-stained holes. Who knows what incense the fire's wires flow? Twitch tumbles of volcanic passion, humble, ashy, crumble, spray. Whose pitch part plan of the tribal circle clan? Who knows and who doesn't? Who knows the codes, rows, the rules, tools, rolling papers and pipes, the types of pipes, the glassy gas, the gong bong, the casual co-opted tobacco pipe, corn cob, meerschaum, with a special antique clay, from bitty metal nettle disguise to bright blasting plastic bombs, from recycled fruity station, ordered orange to apple pipe to metal tip toilet paper tube and roll, the concert scene where you brought jays to burn and yearning jarring jays to share the dare, crackling on the firing line from handing man to partial secret chum and row wise warder, no hoarder. High is the wide true with lining hidden lies, subdued for you. The wide array of trays of colors and textures, dark green, pale green, dry, cracking, sticky brown and amber, reddish, pale green, leafy, pressed rock solid, powdery to sticky piney pitch. The itch, loose baggy leaves or rosy red bud with whiter trim delight. 
papers, zigzag, flavored, strawberry, coconut, thin, fragile, heavy as canvas. Ah, the Frenchie fine. Toppers working stiff. Old friend of 1.5, 1.25, or just the serious and solitary one to daring share. The sunlight repeals the stealing ash. And you bowl and roll a joint that draws well and doesn't run even. The burning bud draws well without sending, failing, falling, orange, golden, glitter, hail. And the debris that doesn't shower your sweetheart's knees with charming, bejeweled sparks. The stem that starts and pokes like jokes through the paper draper rolls to push unburned, protruding rude beyond the bastion of the sacred flame's trailing shrine. It's time. Though thou hast added flame and kisses and girding, outcircling flames that untamed lurk inside, and as the rings of smoke surround, the blue-tinged ribbons curl, confound, and tease from dreamy eyes, new vistas hipsters spy, or even ephemeral, cleverer rivers with misty, wispy, tree-lined, budding bloom, winding creeks of freaks and gurgling wisps, as tease and taunt, while gasping spouts thrust, Past the trusty thought, carrying clouds, breaking up the buds, long wispy tendrils of buds bloom, dry clumps of brown and golden bud, buds that break into crested dust, the buds that sticky clump and only prying fingers find, stingily reduce the bundle to pipe fitting kindling. Ah, the J for the day, but measure blossom that tossed on sacred bedside bounce the ice. Well, I'll stop there, but I think you get the idea. Ooh. I've heard of this. I have heard of this. Uh, it's a great poem. Uh, uh. And, uh, of course, cannabis is legal in California now. In fact, all up and down the Pacific Isn't Coast. that a surprise that you West Coasters would lead the way again? Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> uh, Huzzah. How, about, how about another one, my friend? Yes, we have a lot of work to do in this country, but, you know, we don't give up our hope. Yeah. Uh, okay. This one is called Chairman of the World. If I were chairman of the world, mice would not vex disco stew. Cats would patrol all Midgard and disco stew's farmhouse too. From warrior cat to kitty pet, no solace for the mice that roared, be they fierce as reepicheep, be they twerp or low pit squeak, even Frederick the poet mouse, from the tip of his nose to the end of his tail, ha ha, Stuart Little, Cut away all paper bags. The film is nothing like the book. You are not chairman of the world, and neither am I. Alas, alack, alark, leave birds out of this. (laughs) Dapper tweed-dressed mice driving roadsters or fighting battles with flashing swords of no concern to cats in universes next door space time for springers schrodinger are you alive or are you dead 
I like you, cat. I will call you Kim. Now go and catch those mice. Replied the cat, I will call you Lush. I will call you Sot. No is kitten, is cat. Name is Kim. And along with Orange Dudley and Tabby Cats, Max and Mo, Mama Kitty too, Cat Goddess, rest her soul, and Queen Silvara, Regal and Aloof, in the forest of Kim, all send greetings, Disco Stew. So do not be downhearted. Your mice shall soon be thwarted, swatted down. Your home again, a sea of tranquility. When those mice are gone, yours in jest, chairman of the world. Uh, bravo, sir. Bravo. Thank you. You see, we have a few minutes left. Can I read another? Please do, sir. No, no. This We've is, got uh, 10 minutes easy. I know, and we're going to put them to good use. <laughs> Burn them up. This one's called, and here's a more, a more contemporary one. This one's called, uh, well, the other one wasn't that old either, but... This is we, we are the pomegranate. (laughs) Now has come October, the harvest mostly in, the last radishes dug from the ground, the last green tomatoes wrapped in paper and stored in the pantry. On the south side of the house, the pomegranate tree droops beneath the weight of fruit. I watched them grow all through the solitary summer. Small green bulbs to large red balls. Out of the unexpected blue cosmic transmissions on the social web where 2020 introduced me to many dozens of brilliant supportive poets spatially dispersed around the planet, but all caught in this same damn year. I am contacted by Paul Jolly, one of the first poets I personally knew when we were students at Maybeck High School in Bruce Henderson's poetry class. It had been 45 years since we last spoke together. Paul was returned at last to old Berkeley after decades working the halls and lobbies in Washington, D.C., and all that time away from poetry, but now returned with all his great sincerity. We exchanged video links of our readings and books via U.S. mail. We met virtually in cyber chat bridged that great distance, at least in 2020, between Berkeley and Martinez. In pleasing synchronicity, I had just been thinking of Paul, maybe a day before his contact, remembering that time he approached me at Maybeck in Trinity Hall and held forth two halves 
of a pomegranate, the myriad bright red seeds gleaming, glistening under the high ceiling lights. We are the pomegranate, Paul said laughing, and I laughed. For us, we are the pomegranate became a catchphrase, a metaphor. And I also told Paul Jolly back in 1975 that it was the title of a poem. Majid harvests the pomegranates before they bend the tree to breaking. Two huge baskets. These will be good until February, as was 2019's harvest this year. When we are in a new year, 2021, and 2020 has been endured, and the lucky have survived. Yeah. 2020, still a few weeks to go. Fingers crossed, all nervous spells and incantations. Breathe right, relieve stress, and whatever boosts immunity. Mm-hmm. A nervously dry November, waiting for California rains to douse the parched land, knock down the wildfires for a while. While the United States had the highest turnout election for president ever, and over 70 million voted to reelect President Donald Trump. But more than 80 million voted for Joe Biden and in the necessary states. But Trump claimed fraud, and as has been the case for years now, disputed the factual basis of reality. And his fans backed his claims on no other authority and absent any objective evidence. Perhaps the weirdest behavior in utterly weird 2020. Meanwhile, the pandemic sickened and killed thousands and thousands in the United States and around the world, and Dumkoffs gathered and marched from Berlin to Washington to Sturgis, South Dakota. Hell no, we will not wear masks. More reason why I am staying in until this year is safely passed. But we are the pomegranate. All of us, regardless of our vision, be it cloudy or clear, if we are striking out because we are so injured, so emotionally hurt, so fearful that we hit and hurt, or if we are forgiving and loving ourselves, then we can reach out in love to all the brilliant seeds, all the love radiating from souls. We can help and heal all together now. Love is all we need. And the pomegranates growing again next year and every year. Let the seasons roll around. We are the pomegranate. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. 
You covered a lot of territory with that. Wow. Wow. It's a delight to share it with you. Thank you. Yeah. My brother, one of the questions I like to ask before I let my wonderful poets leave is (laughs) if you're approached by a young poet and they wonder, is it worth the effort? Are they good enough? What's the poet's path like? What do you say to a young poet who's unsure of the road ahead? I would would encourage them to go with their muse. I mean, if they feel that they need to write poems, they should do that. And um, how deeply you go into it, and that's for each individual to decide, you know, it's, mm. uh, it's not easy. I mean, it's definitely not easy. And uh, you have to be able to adjust uh, your expectations. And, and uh, like in my case, you know, be prepared for the long haul. Well, brother, thank you so very much. Leslie, you have any final statement or question for uh, Rorschach? Uh, well, I think my introducing Victor Lowenfeld, I think that I would say that Rorschach, you 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 are a mix of both. I yes, I think in terms of, of your perception, I maybe I'm being a bit fresh with this, but um <laughs> that it it's it's yeah, it's like you, you um you're looking outward as though you're the camera, but then you're also just part of the mizzenson yourself. So, and in, in you place yourself in whatever you, yeah, it's just, it's wonderful. Anyhow, it's just, it's been very inspirational for me to hear a longer set of yours because I usually only hear you read one. Yeah. And I'm very, very appreciative. Um, thank you. Thank you both. Thank you, Rick, for inviting me and Leslie for being here. And I will see both of you on the social web. Okay. Yep. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks thank a lot. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye-bye. Bye, Marcia. See you soon.
Thank you all so very much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.